Welcome back to Nightmare Fuel. There's a particular motel that's quite well known in my area. It's about five hours away, but it's on the road to Chicago. So kids from my school end up staying there from time to time. And when they do, they always bring back the most exciting stories about their interactions with the ghost. The motel actually capitalizes on it from what I've heard. They encourage tourists to come stay, ghost hunters and the like. It's in a nice enough area, good views and half-decent amenities and all that. So it wasn't too difficult to convince my parents to stop there on the way back home from a trip of our own. I've always wanted to check it out myself, a chance to confirm or deny the bullshit. And hey, I might get some scary stories of my own to share. My parents are at the front desk booking the room and I stood on the opposite side of the lobby Looking up at the sign they have here for tourists, it's not that impressive to be honest. A few paragraphs of text with a clip art cartoon ghost in the top right. At the bottom is a picture of a girl about my age, photoshopped awkwardly in. She's wearing white makeup and snarls out at the person reading the sign. The text tells a tale of a girl humiliated by a boy she'd fallen in love with tricked into attending a non-existent party at the climax of a cruel and false back and forth between them. She lost her mind in a fit of rage and sliced open her neck with a blade of shattered glass. Yikes. Talk about zero to a hundred. I probably would have just gone home. My little sister comes up to me and squeezes my arm. I shrug her off. Who's that, Noah? She asks pointing to the photo of the girl. Is she the ghost? I think she's supposed to be, yeah, I reply. Though they definitely could have done a better job with it. Hmm. Hey, you know, she kind of looks like your girlfriend. I squint and tilt my head. She does a bit, actually, and I'm surprised to find a shiver of discomfort ripple through me. Well, she's just an actor, or a model, or whatever. She's not the real ghost. Is there a real ghost, Noah? My sister asks, staring up at me. I turn and grin down to her. That's what we're going to find out. Our room, as it happens, is a boring one. Pretty nice, well kept. I'm actually kind of disappointed. The whole place seems fine. This isn't at all what I had expected. The scenes painted in my head by my classmates were those of a dark and towering mansion with twisted paintings and sourceless wind that blew down the corridors and rattled the shutters. I ask my parents for permission to explore before it gets too late. They relent on the condition that I take my little sister along too. I roll my eyes, but do as they say, taking her hand reluctantly as I lead her down the corridors. They're all pretty much the same. Blank walls, repeating doors, We come to the porch and I look out at the fields and mountains beyond as the sun starts to sink behind them. It's a decent view. It's really not a bad little place. We return inside. The halls are quiet. Quiet, but for the gentle buzz from above in the overhead lights. My sister was humming and whistling to herself happily enough, but she drops into silence as we pass beneath a light that flickers. I bring us to a stop to look up at it. 
the flickering becomes more incessant, angrier almost, and a chill passes through me. A water fountain gurgles softly at the end of the hall. I grimace and shake my head, forcing the feeling away. This isn't good enough, I mutter to Anna. That's her name, my sister. I can't spin a story about a faulty light or a spooky water fountain. You'd think a place that wanted to capitalize on a ghost would put a little more effort into making the place actually scary, you know? She does not respond, but she presses a little closer to me. Come on, I say, let's keep looking. And so we do. Our search on the whole is unfruitful, and it's getting a bit late. Disappointed, I'm ready to return to the room, and we're not far off when Anna suddenly points something out to me excitedly. Look, Noah, look, over there. It's a secret corridor. I raise an eyebrow and she drags me over. I wouldn't call it secret, exactly, but she was lucky to spot it. It feels narrower than the others, and the entrance is tucked away behind an ice machine. I wouldn't have seen it myself if she hadn't called it to my attention. She tries to drag me down it, but I hold her still for a moment, and my heart starts to thump in my chest. Okay, I mutter. This is more like it. The corridor is as long as any other, but there are no doors. No doors at all, except for one directly ahead at the far end. A small cross hangs on the wall to my right, but other than that, the corridor's walls are completely unadorned. Are we going to go check it out? Anna asks up at me, expectantly, and I find myself amused by this sudden role reversal. I pull myself together. We sure are, I whisper, taking out my phone and starting to record. If anything spooky is going to happen, I want it all on camera. Then together we walk on down through the hall, carefully and quietly, though I'm not sure why. It's not like we decided on such an approach. The wind picks up outside. I can hear it through the walls, starting to blow against the building. The lights in here are steady, but they buzz a little urgently, and their glow is dim. There are no windows. A small sign beside the lone door at the far end of the corridor becomes clearer. Bathroom, it reads, simply. And as the door is cracked, slightly ajar upon reaching it, I look down at Anna, and she looks up at me, and I slowly push it open. We step through. The bathroom itself is largely unremarkable. Could do with a bit of work, for sure. The tile is cracked and chipped. Grime lurks in the corners. The drain rumbles quietly down below, but nothing to shout about. It's the mirror that gives us cause to gasp in wonder. It's so tall, extending from the sink almost all the way up to the ceiling. The frame is black and scarlet, an intertwined and intricate pattern, and its presence over the little room is ominous and commanding. The weirdest part of the mirror, however, lies in its glass. We are nowhere to be seen. As we move from side to side, angling our heads and waving our arms at it in amazement, we are simply not visible. Our reflections are not there. The rest of the room is plain enough, reflected mundanely in that shiny surface. But we are not. Now this is what I'm talking about, I say out loud with a grin, pointing the camera up at the glass. I wave my hand between the lens and the mirror, 
shaking it about as my sister goes up to touch it. She carefully presses her reflectionless hand up against the surface, her face a picture of awe. I make a face at it. I waggle my fingers. This must be a tourist thing. It's so clever. I pocket my phone and step closer, pressing my face right up against it, squinting, peering carefully from side to side, trying to work out the trick. I tap lightly against the glass, listening for a clue in the noise it makes. But I don't know what I'm listening for, really. All I hear is the hissing of the pipes above and the wind beyond the walls. Noah, my sister whispers, tugging my sleeve. Noah, what's this? I look to where she's pointing. To the side of the mirror and carved into the wall is a chilling and unsettling inscription. Marla Morgan sliced her throat, and so this little rhyme she wrote. Say her name three times and clear, and in the glass she will appear. Goosebumps ripple across my arms. Oh my god, I mutter taking out my phone to snap a quick picture. I think this might be a bit too scary for you, Anna. Is that her name, Noah? Is that the ghost? Yeah, yeah, I think so. She studies the inscription again. I probably shouldn't let her, to be honest, but whatever. It's grim, but it's only a prank or something. No worse than what she'd see on TV. I look back to the mirror. The strange dim lighting in the room casts curious shadows across its features. The wind whistles outside, and the pipes hiss. My sister follows along the words in the wall with her finger, tracing them. She reads out loud, Say her name three times, and clear, and in this glass she will appear. Do you want to try it, I laugh, reaching down to pick her up? She squeals and giggles, and I hold her above the sink up close to the reflectionless mirror. She quiets, and I feel her heartbeat. Go on, I whisper. I dare you. She slowly says the name, whispering too. Marla Morgan. And a rumble rolls along the pipes, against my sense of better reason, against my sense of logic. I start to become nervous. I feel little buds of sweat forming across my skin. Marla Morgan. A light flickers in the corridor beyond, and the bathroom's temperature seems to drop. Tensed and all of a sudden on the precipice of a powerful panic, I wonder if I've made a terrible, terrible mistake. My sister opens her mouth and laughs. She pushes me away and I drop her gently to the floor, and at once the tension is broken. I wipe my forehead and return the laugh awkwardly. I can't do it, Noah. I'm too scared, she giggles. Ha, probably for the best, I mutter, swallowing with a dry throat. You know, just in case. Anyway, come on, let's get out of here. She merrily pushes her way out the door and back down the corridor. And I shoot one last look at the curious mirror. I shiver and take my leave. It's about 3 a.m. when I visit the bathroom again. Or it might have been two. Can't really remember. My family all asleep, I grab the key card to the door from the side table and stumble out of our room and down the corridor, only half awake, rubbing my eyes and holding my bladder. The bathroom with the reflectionless glass is the one my legs carry me to. It's not the closest, but it's the one I head to now in my slumberous state. Eyes still half closed, I carefully push into the room. 
I click the door's lock and lift the seat of the toilet, starting to piss. I glance over to the mirror, startling myself awake once I realize where I am. Once I realize that no reflection is looking back at me from the glass. My heart starts to pound as my senses return to me one by one, returning sharp. It was bad enough being in here with Anna, let alone by myself in the middle of the night. It's just a gimmick, I assure myself. A tourist trick. That's what mom and dad said. And yet the mirror's very presence seems to darken the whole room. It doesn't make the place feel larger as mirrors should. It somehow makes it feel smaller, claustrophobic even. I lower the lid and step to the sink to wash my hands, unable to keep myself from shaking. I lift my gaze. I stare into that shadowed void beyond the glass, intently. I can't look away. I lean close. I lean real, real close, trying to conquer my irrational fear, trying to reclaim a lost sense of pride. I tap my fingers against the glass. Anyone there? I whisper. Silence. I look over the inscription. Marla Morgan sliced her throat, and so this little rhyme she wrote. Say her name three times and clear, and in the glass she will appear. All right, I say out loud. I ain't no chicken. I force out a chuckle, but it sounds anxious and rings hollow. I press my hands up against the mirror. I lean my face in close. Marla Morgan, I whisper. My heart beats loud in my ears. I lean a little closer. Marla Morgan. I can do this. I can do this. Ma. A sudden metallic clank from the corridor sends me sprawling back up against the wall in terror. My words caught on my tongue as my lungs empty of air. I dart forwards and unlock the door, tearing it open and peering out into the corridor beyond. I can't see anything at first, but then an elbow appears from behind the corner at the far end. I hear the sound of a bucket being filled with ice, and I put a trembling hand to my forehead, sighing in grateful relief. It's just some dude using the ice machine. Oh God, I mutter to myself, running a hand through my hair. Okay, screw this. I'm going back to bed. I admit it, all right? I say to no one in particular as I make my way back to my room. I admit it. I'm a chicken. I'm a chicken. It's an otherwise uneventful night. We pack up the next morning and my parents and my sister are waiting for me in the car. I said I'd return the key to the front desk for them. Did you have a good night then, young man? The guy behind the desk asks me as I pass over the key. Yeah, it was good. Thanks, I reply. Hey, so I was actually wondering about the mirror, the one at the end of the corridor. I've got to know. Oh, hey, you found the mirror. It's a freaky looking thing, ain't it? We show it off during tours and such. I breathe a quiet sigh of relief. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought. I was just wondering about, you know, the whole, the vibe, right? He interrupts as he scratches his jaw. Yeah, it's pretty weird in there. We thought about fixing it up, but the aesthetic kind of adds to the creepiness, you know? It's the inscription that always gets to me. That freaky little rhyme. You see that? I nod. But again, it adds to the mystery and the intrigue. And it ain't just graffiti. It's been there longer than any of us guys have. The employees, I mean. Could be as old as the mirror itself. A bead of sweat buds and trickles down my neck. I feel the color start to drain from my face. Old as the mirror? 
but but I thought you said it was a tourist thing. You put it up for the tourists, right? Oh, it's a tourist thing, all right. But we didn't put it up. It's been there since before the beginning. We decided to keep everything pretty much as we found it, since that's the room the girl killed herself in. After all, Marla Morgan adds to the legitimacy. She was a real person. I take a slow step back in horror, but the desk worker seems oblivious to my distress. There's actually a story about that mirror, you know, he goes on. They say if she's there, if she's watching you from behind the glass, then your own reflection completely disappears. Poised, tensed, unseen on the other side, her eyes white and wide, teeth bared, and that shard of bloody glass held high, gripped in pale and shaking fingers, just waiting, waiting. He chuckles and shakes his head. So anything else I can do for you, young man? I politely tell him no, and I turn, my vision throbbing at the edges and a fear within me as cold and as sharp as ice, and I get the heck out. I don't say a word on the drive back home, but I don't mess around with that occult stuff anymore, and I hug my sister just a little bit tighter. (laughs) 